I was um, listening to the article that you did, or, or I guess it was a podcast with the Treasury or Sec Treasurer. Oh or yeah, State? yeah. yeah. Which cool. is like he was really dry, but oh, yeah. the subject matter was so important. Yeah. <laughs> but oh, totally. that was like an hour long interview that we had to cut down to try to it was make like it twenty minutes. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is we always aim for the show. How do you okay. do that? Well, our slot is fifteen minutes, okay. um, uh -huh. and the other answer is I have an editor. And I, I, um, when I set, so I did, I did Portland foot slash bike Portland podcast for five years. We were really successful in a number of downloads, but I could never get it out consistently because I never was getting paid any money for it. So I was like subsidizing it. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it was like, and I was just trying to feed myself. Right. So it was always like the last thing. Mm. And, um, and I was doing everything. I was co-hosting, I was producing, so I was booking guests. Like the only thing that that Michael was doing, which was excellent, was like stories and um and questions for guests, but it was also editing. And so when I did this show, I was like, if I'm gonna do a weekly show when I couldn't even like consistently publish yeah. a monthly show, you need I need to I need to have a someone yeah. I should divide and conquer tasks. And I did it the right way. Nice. So nice. And you know what? My like show I've had for a year is more successful than the show I had for six years at the so <laughs> right. yeah and like that has a large part to do with a couple things. I'm not making money off the show yet, but um it's like feeding into the rest of my right. tiny media empire that I'm building. <laughs> yeah. And and the the syndication fees pay for hosting. Oh. That's about well, all they that's all they pay for. But yeah. radio pays terribly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Do, yeah. do tell the, the, <laughs> the dying medium doesn't doesn't pay well well so i was at a um i was at a i was at a no fincon which is like a financial media bloggers podcasters kind of huge conference not specific at all uh it's actually it's like two thousand people nice. that no. like, yeah and it's people that just do like financial independent media stuff wow. and um they had a session on patreon and i went to it and it was like almost a year ago at this point. So I was very early in the stage of my show <laughs> and uh, he, his whole premise of Patreon was this idea that you shouldn't try to do it for a podcast unless you had a really big audience <laughs> and you, you were a um, like, you had very specific values, like you're an ideologue. <laughs> um, and he did this because podcast numbers aren't um, published but youtube was so he looked at youtubers subscribe rates versus how much they were making on patreon yeah. and i ended up pointing out the sprocket podcast as an example where i was like i know how much their listener numbers are which is not a lot <laughs> and but yeah. like they were there wait we should record this part <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> Actually, it, it was already rolling. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> uh, but I, 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 I apologize. I actually I like pointed you, you out as the antithesis to his um, to his kind of premise, which mm -hmm. was that like I know that this podcast doesn't get a ton of downloads, but I also am I'm like, but we get a ton of money <laughs> <laughs> relative to your number of listeners. You actually kind of do, right? Um, That's funny. It, and, it is. It is amazing. Uh, every time I, I look at how much. I don't want to say we're making because we aren't making a lot, but relative to yet yeah, to yeah. our listener base. And you have it's I think it has a lot to do with the fact that you recognize your Patreon people like you, you know, you make it a point to really show that you really do appreciate it. Which, um, which we absolutely do. Right. Yes. <laughs> to, to, to Even if sure it takes me which is, 
about a year to get patches out to people. <laughs> well, <laughs> and like you collectively, you probably spend like, I don't know, 20 hours a year reading names of Patreon people. Yeah. <laughs> like, we, that's a good point. I, I don't yeah. know if it was highlighted last episode, um, but with the addition of our most recent sponsor or Patreon donor, uh, we, we realized that we are at the end of our music again. Yes. Oh, no. So we have to, yeah, we have to we re-loop have to the middle of the music. <laughs> I think your Patreon supporters would not be upset if you like upped the criteria a little bit to be on the Patreon roll. Hmm. Oh. Yeah, maybe. But what about Marshall just joined the club. He's got to like, let the tea leaves soak Does it little. like, maybe you could do like the most recent people or like, the people that give more than two dollars a month, or, or not like everyone I, who's ever ever back to I don't Patreon. know. I, I I personally like the ever expanding list. <laughs> it, yeah. Until I think until we reach triple digits, then maybe I'll start thinking about okay. editing down. I appreciate but. that because I'm I really would love to do a Patreon for my show, but yeah. um, being a personal finance show, I feel like it's even more fraught because. I'm I'm telling people not to spend money. Don't on things. spend your money. Saying, yeah. But I also. But please give me your money. <laughs> I also personally have a Patreon budget, so yeah. like, and yeah. because I I think it's important to yeah. support creators. So I I think also that you're you're ignoring the incredible value proposition, which the resources that you offer allow people to take advantage of. Right. Like, right. Like it really, that amount is a drop in the bucket compared to like the financial stability and like emotional well-being that people get out of the products that you create well thank so you it's it's <laughs> i'd say like no seriously like this is this is one of those things where um like like for the for the kickstarter i was like yeah sure i'll back the kickstarter you know whatever and then i read the first chapter and like here i am <laughs> like this is pretty cool so um well i'm yeah. i'm delighted to hear that one of my favorite um personal finance blogs the billfold which has been on my show, and I, I've been on their blog a bunch of times, but they are kind of similar in tone to me. They're mm. very like, we're just trying to figure this money thing out together, mm -hmm. um, and does amazing essays. And they were a, a sister blog of The Hairpin and The All, which shut oh, down. I love a, The Hairpin. But The Hairpin mm. shut down a, yeah, like yeah, a, yeah, two yeah. months ago, and The Billfold has such a strong community around it. Um, that like everybody was like, are you going to shut down? And what do we like? Like literally, they like, heard the hairpin was closing, so that, and they were like, I'm yeah. clicking every ad on the billfold yeah. right now. Like, how do we keep you open? Yeah. And they launched a Patreon, and they did uh, every. They were essentially like, well, if yeah. I give you a tiny fraction of the money you've saved me as a personal finance blog, like to keep you open, right? So because they do really totally. incredible. Personal well, you mentioned essays and, what was what was the guy he he mentioned earlier don't do patreon as a as a uh podcast unless what were the two criteria it was it was if you're an ideologue right and if you have like a really high number of subscribers right. neither of which i am right right <laughs> i think that... well but but i think finances can be very like along the lines of of being an ideologue yeah but i'm not i mean that's the thing is like my brand like dave ramsey is an ideologue right oh, like definitely. no no debt cut up your credit cards like no exceptions mm. and i'm always like i'm just too much like i was trained as an economist and um i think it was truman who very famously said i need a one-armed economist because they're always saying on, on the, the other, other hand, hand. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and and i i just i I, part of it is like my background in social services and recovery and also my 
like training as an economist, but I just am always seeing the gray area. Even right. like my background as a tax preparer, because taxes are an art, not a science. People think that like even the IRS <laughs> is like, there's five different ways we can interpret this. Um, this. This brings up another question I could ask on the air. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. We should do it. Are we? Should we start the show? Yeah, I, I suppose we should. Right? <laughs> <laughs> or, or we could freeform it. We just, like, <laughs> screw it. I'll just as add the music in later. As long as we the in the mail, like, we're, we're good. <laughs> right. That's all we need to do. This is this is my takeaway from the first five minutes right now is yeah. read the Patreon donors. <laughs> so, so, like, to that point, I think that one of the things I really appreciated as a listener before having a spot on the show was that readout. And so, like, yeah. even though I think I donated, like, five bucks or something four years ago or whatever it was, but you still read my name every single yeah. time. <laughs> and, like, here I am today. And we still read your name. <laughs> 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 You're yeah. yeah. Uh, it occurs to me maybe we should amend that. But, uh, you nah. know what I mean? No, like, it's, it's uh, I, I think the caveat to the presenter might be, uh, know your audience mm-hmm. and yeah. know who your supporters are. I think and we have amazing supporters. Well, and I think the alternative to being an ideologue is being um, having a really strong community, right? Yeah. Because, right. like, the Sprocket podcast is not, you're not ideologues, but, you do, have, but you do have a very strong community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, that community knows what they stand for, right? Like, I, which is, like, why you're, you've, you've had the same intro as long as you've been around. <laughs> like, right. are you coming eight years now? Yeah. Is it longer than that? Well, 400 plus episodes. Yeah. So. I like how you know the episode number, but not the number four, of years. Four, four. <laughs> I don't even oh, know how yeah. long I've been doing this. This is, this is like... Uh, I've only been here since September, but I forgot that I was here <laughs> since September. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess I was... The first time I was on the show bef- was before you joined. Yeah, yeah. Brandon was still a co-host yeah. at that yeah, time. Yeah, back yep. when they lived together yep. and out in Fopo. Yep. Down um, down by the Springwater Corridor. Well, I was at Reed at that time, so all I remember was that it was really close to Reed, but there was a giant hill in between. Yes. Like, really tall hill. The, uh, whatever it is to get up over yeah. Woodstock. That hill. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. that hill. Yeah. Yep. But, uh, on, on the way to Bike Gallery. The Bike Gallery Hill. When it used to be there. Oh, yeah. It's not on Woodstock anymore. Shit. Okay. I, I should get down to Fopo a little <laughs> bit more. Often. Wait, there's not a. Oh, that's not there anymore. Is oh no 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 no. Sorry, I'm thinking of the one that used to be on Division. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that gotcha. one's gone. That's how I, that's how I remember is that place I bike up the hill to go get bike parts. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually like I the whole time I was at Reed, I also worked at bike shops, so I never went to the bike gallery. I think I went once. Why? I went once because I broke my wrist and I borrowed a trike for the summer because I I it was much more efficient to get around that way than using TriMet. And um and I had broken the wrist that the brake the hand brake on the bike was and it was like a oh. coaster brake. Yeah, yeah. Um so I had them swap the brake to the other side so I could ah, use, nice. use the hand brake. And I, that's the only time I've been to that bike gallery. That, that's so funny. I think I was there for poster distribution distribution. Oh that, my bike. Like, that oh, makes sense. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's coming back now. Film my bike is right next to my house and last year we hosted an amazing international filmmaker and I applied and no one got back to me and I'm so uh, sad. It, that, that's me. Oh. To get back to you. Um, yeah, we, we, we simply <laughs> had less. Is it your job? It is my job. Oh, okay. Yeah, we, we simply had less traveling filmmakers. Oh, okay. Um, so, so I guess uh, I could ask, would you like an email that goes out that says, hey, sorry that... Yes. Okay. Because I was like, I was, I was like, planning oh, out no. for later this week, I, but I like, wanted to let folks know. I, uh, I loved... 
I mean, like uh, we yeah. exchange letters mm-hmm. and we like, oh, wow. like send each other like cats Aww. on Instagram and zines and everything. <laughs> it was like the best. It it was like the it was like the couch surfing match from. Yep. He was a transportation economist who did zines in the early nineties. What and like. I, he, he didn't even tell me that. I, I, no, it was <laughs> like like he studies like transportation of the future. Oh wow! Um, and like I w- is like a punk rock zinster mm-hmm. and also really likes cats. So yeah. pretty much he was like the ideal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we do definitely try to match hosts with their um, with their filmmakers. So so I think. I think we're doing okay on that front. <laughs> yeah, I, I th- we just have a, a slightly less traveling filmmakers okay. this year. Some some years more, some years less. I will say we live literally next door. Yes. So we, but we have a cat, so it's you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, th- I mean, th- and there's like so many factors too. With, yeah. You know, it it really does try to go through and match. Like we don't want anybody with cat allergies or e- any of that type mm-hmm. of stuff um, to have any conflict. Because the worst yeah. thing, the worst feeling would be to show up and then to like walk in the door and be like, oh, I can't be here. Yeah. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so. Cool. Well, I'll I'll let folks know, um, <laughs> and it's it is highly highly appreciated. Like, yes. Uh, so for me personally, like I'm always one who I think I approach that type of thing like the minimum amount of interactions is the optimal amount of interaction because like everybody's busy, right? Yeah, yeah. And you just don't want to get overwhelmed by that kind of thing. And so I try to really make it uh, meaningful when I do reach out to people. Yeah. I was like, I was like, oh, I hope I didn't miss an email. That's no, what I no, was no, worried yeah, about. Yeah. I was like, I hope no one shows up at my house. <laughs> you, that's that's why I like having two email addresses for the festival because, like, if I, if it doesn't get through on one, I just send it on the other and be like, by the way, just making sure that this did in fact get to yep. you. So, yeah, yeah. Well, I have I have like twelve domains to solve that problem. Ooh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I got on it the weekly readouts for the so apparently sending a lot of emails with. Hashtag personal finance mm-hmm. and um, Google doesn't like debt that. and credit yep. and then cat emojis yep. in the subject lines. All of things that are essential for me. <laughs> yep. um, uh, Mark spam. Google spam. really doesn't like that. Google and it, hates it. W- when you get on yeah. Google's crap list, yep. it takes a lot of work to get off. So oh, I no spent. Yeah. I spent almost so 10, like, 10 straight days of work. Mm-hmm. So people were not getting the oh, emails they had signed. Oh, my was like marked as spam. So people so. weren't getting the weekly chapter yep. read emails. And so essentially for two weeks, I was not getting through to anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's my top level domain for everything my business does, too. Mm-hmm. So it was blocking like all emails from at oh my dollar dot com. And um, that's like my worst nightmare. It was it was straight up my worst nightmare. Yeah. And I used to do like Democratic Party fundraising. So I dealt with a lot of blocked emails. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but like having it blocked at the domain level is like totally. Um, so, yeah, it was just straight up. It wasn't even showing up in people's spam folder if it's blocked at the oh, domain yeah, level. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it Google just doesn't, it it just doesn't right, go out. So, then. so people yeah. just yeah. thought I wasn't sending out the chapters. Oh, Lillian, no. where's our book? Yeah. <laughs> and I but if I responded to them, often my own email yeah. back was going into the trash yep, folder. Yep. So yep. No, um, I it's such a nightmare. It was it was a nightmare. I I have a friend who runs a um, very large wedding blog. Like larger than Martha Stewart's wedding, like big. She employs a lot of people. And um but it's still like a punk rock, like, you know, five women run it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. uh they Google decided that they didn't like the SEO on their pages, but they'd been around for like 15 years at this point. Interesting. And they had to spend what? close to six months hand cleaning up all of their pages oh, and gross. they completely dropped off Google yeah. for those oh, six God. months. 
Uh, it was like the worst. They actually just like got through it, and yep. they wrote a yep. post about it and yeah. about like how rough it was. But like, if if people and ever now want... now we're looking for alternatives to Google. Is that the is that no. the takeaway from this? I... No. <laughs> oh, after you. After I mean, you. I don't think I don't think we're necessarily looking for alternatives to Google, but I I think it does speak speak heavily of the influence that they have on the yeah. way that we consume information. Oh, right? totally. So it's um. It's interesting too because like you everybody plays the game with Google, right? Like Google's constantly changing what their standards are, which means as a content creator, you are constantly changing You've got what yeah. your standards are. And so like what what I've seen happen sort of similar to that scenario that you described is just because you're sh- we're getting into the weeds here. Just cuz your SEO practices you're you're like, "Hey Google, look at this." That their their standards of that change over time and yep. so something that is good last year could be terrible this year yeah and vice versa and you just don't know unless you literally have your finger on the pulse which is i mean which is also to say that like um well and you can kind of tell because stuff looks outdated like if you have an eye for seo you can be like oh they dumped a bunch of keywords in yep. their like footer and yep. like that was like seo five years ago yeah. and oh, like yeah. isn't or, anymore or they have like a ton of tags on wordpress posts you're like that's circa 2011 yeah or so. um and well and i have to fight it a lot because as someone i'm actually about to move off of wordpress because of mm. this for my business blog because i just cannot handle the trackbacks and pings that i get Ooh. on um of spam like i mean like just like russian russian yeah, porn yeah. spam <laughs> trying you, to up their seo are you using like a kismet for filter out on that um yeah okay. i i mean i and i also have it turned off for like most of my posts yeah, but yeah. um man okay this is so not sprock i podcast good. We're gonna, that's, <laughs> I don't that's know, why we have our editor because we, Brock, we mentioned gonna be like well, what the fuck are those guys talking about <laughs> we mentioned earlier like off the air just just you and me how like techie Mm-hmm. Um, some of our listeners are so they might actually be into some of this yeah but, but also like but techie also, like, versus content creator yeah, is totally right, different right, yep. and like most people I know that work on back end stuff and even like just front end development but not content creation are like have no idea about SEO mm. because it's, it's the weeds yeah I yeah. had to. I had to learn. Although it. I wish more front end people understood good UI for SEO, but that's my own. Yeah, <laughs> it's 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 a wide world out there <laughs> of people with ideas about going about things. I I always came at it from like the personal blog angle, where I just do a ton of research, and mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I'm gonna apply like my best shot at best practices. And there's fortunately there's plugins and stuff like that that on the WordPress. Uh, end of it yeah. can help you out but i'm just me and wordpress are like i've had a long relationship with wordpress mm-hmm. um i've been on it since i moved from movable type which tells you something mm. um in it must have been 2003 2004 because i've been on wordpress for a long time so you're on like wordpress 1.0 um yeah almost. and i mean and i've also i have i have managed wordpress instances mm-hmm. for like over 40 political wow. organizations yeah, yeah. and like I lots of nonprofits and mm-hmm. um I'm j- I think I'm done I think I'm done my personal mm-hmm. site still runs on WordPress but my personal site is a lot lighter because I don't serve I host my own podcast sure. and yep. so um, do, you, do you get the thing where you visit people's site and the first thing you do is just look you glaze over on the content and you say all right like what are they doing right or wrong about how they're doing everything about what they're showing me right now? Like, uh, I'll, yes, I'll, all I'll, the time. Like I have like my 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 folder list of like search checks and etc. That I'll be like, let's plug that URL in and see if they're optimizing for this. Like it's it's kind of I, like a morbid fascination at this I, point. I well, I'm really into um, partially because I've been kind of in this research mode of mm. looking through maybe 
I either switching to CM, CMSs or just mm. actually just going for a flat run from Oracle flat from H, Oracle. HTML website for myself. Um, but Sorry, I've Oracle. been I do a lot of like uh, view source. Like, is this a Squarespace or mm-hmm. is this a? Because there's like there's certain things that always like Shopify's. You know, yep. right? Like yep. you know that they're Shopify's. But there's a lot of like Squarespace and Wix out there that are all kind of merging together mm-hmm. in how they really? look. And it's not until you look at the source code and yep. are like, oh, yeah. what is your CSS file? Well, the how web- messy is your code? If it's super messy, you've got Squarespace. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like how you used to be able to tell if a website was made using Macromedia Flash. Sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Shockwave. Uh, yes. Like, oh wait, I have to install something to view yep. your website. Yep. I, Thanks. Well, and Dreamweaver, like, because oh, so God. I yep. stopped doing any web design for money in the, the early 2000s. So it's been it's been a long time. Mm-hmm. It's pure fun for me now. I don't think I've ever actually designed a website. So it used I to tried be, on Dreamweaver this... one time, like a mm-hmm. personal, like self promotional website, and I got like halfway done. And it was it's just one of those pro- projects where like it's you... gotten a lot better since Dreamweaver. I can oh, tell. I'm, yeah. I'm sure <laughs> this was like this was like. 2001 yeah. maybe yep, yep. you know and it's just one of those projects where like you just have to have you have to win this war of attrition with the software yeah mm-hmm. you just have to keep plugging well, and it dreamweaver just and makes just, bad code it's yep. like eh, yep. that's mine i'm just gonna commit to print yeah <laughs> yep. i'm done i'm done with web I, yep. well <laughs> i don't know if that's like the best career move but well. <laughs> Back in 2001, I thought it was the best. You know, um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's never it's never too late to give up your new position as a radio operator. Oh, wait. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I, yeah, I oh, anyway, so I love, I actually, I actually feel like the Sprocket podcast might, it, when Indie, Indie Web Summit is in town, I feel mm. like Indie Web Summit is like, it's kind of the simple life. Of, and of, of the web. Hmm. Well, and it's all about owning your own content and sure. taking stuff off silos yeah. like Facebook and having course, it on your own. We don't, right. We don't have, we don't do any of our own hosting. Well, yeah. you don't, but it, but it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean. I, I could like feel you pouncing as I'm finishing this It sentence. doesn't mean self-hosting though. It no. just, what it means is um, making sure that you own where your content is housed, which yeah. you do, right? So like you're paying a, a third party server, which like sure. I do too. Like my like, server. Like, is no longer in my closet right say hey sprocket you don't exist anymore yeah which is Uh, like so that's what indie web is so but anyway it's happening in june i feel like sprocket podcast should cover it absolutely (laughs) down for that actually we Hmm. can just put aaron parecki he's in the stream pdx all the time he's (laughs) he's the co-founder of indie web (laughs) we should schedule it at the same time so he doesn't like up you on the the squarespace (laughs) check-ins it's not squarespace Square. See too many squares and fours and, and spaces. Faces and pages. I and... would not chuck in on a WYSIWYG editor, just so you know. <laughs> but have you ever tried <laughs> to check in on Squarespace? I well, I bet you could actually syndicate your check-ins to a Squarespace. Oh somehow, my gosh! Using embedding anyway. God, you know, you know. Once Aaron listens to this, he'll have it figured out. In, well, no, in, like, so design but, like an interface to do. He that. wouldn't do it for Squarespace, but yeah. both of our check-ins go to our own websites. Mm. So oh, yeah. I like. When I check in, That's you can right. if you go to the bottom of my website, you can see where I'm at. Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah. Like right now, if you go look, it'll say that I'm on Stream PDX, at so, Stream PDX. So bringing it like way full circle here, we talked about on a couple of episodes ago the concept of dot stalkers. Oh, yes. And have you ever had an encounter with a dot stalker? No. Okay. That's, no, nobody, that's comforting. And nobody I'm glad. really, I mean, 
in this particular context. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, in in this context, so I I will say that like when I worked in politics, I had a lot of problems, mm. um, but that had less to do with my web presence and okay. more to do with working for the party and being a woman. Yeah. In the 2016 election cycle, so Ooh. yeah, yeah. Um, need need more be said. I think maybe not. Yeah. See, Lillian was recently seen IRL at Chicago. <laughs> recently oh, yeah. seen, which <laughs> just means that it's my latest check-in. Yeah. There's no like UTM date code on that, so you're probably okay. Some sometime on the ninth, this happened. Oh no! I mean, if you click it, then oh, you shit. can see nope. the okay. map of where it is. <laughs> 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 don't you love the internet um no i mean i like even when i was in siberia i was like i so one thing i do is that when i check into hotels i so because i travel for work mm-hmm. when i check into hotels i usually don't check in until the morning that i'm leaving mm. so i don't tend to check into a hotel the second i get there because i i my thought is like i want i still want the record for my own data that i'm there but i don't okay. like want people to find out where i'm right. staying yep. so yep. that's my my rules but um yeah and i both yeah i i know there's people out there that might want to stalk me these days but luckily yeah, i mean i guess i just meant like lillian's doing cool shit like what's <laughs> what's what's going on oh like, yeah, yeah. yeah um because like in the bike touring world or i guess we were talking with for was it the swift summit that that came up and i'm that trying to sounds remember about right um you know just people like or just like ultra endurance we might have yeah. even been talking about it was out, out to steens wasn't it yes okay um but just like people like dot watchers yeah and yeah. getting, getting on to your like you're helping your enthusiasm like helping helping cheer you along yeah yeah and like what if what if um wait hold up foursquare no Swarm, yes. swarm slash four swarm, square. Four square. Okay. Yeah. So, so what if swarm like, square? F- what if four square like changed their angle and was like, "This is how you cheer on the people in life." Like, yeah, go everybody for checking in to right. Sprocket well, Podcast. There are like a couple other people who still use four square. There's only like five of us in the world, yeah. but um, <laughs> uh, and like I'm friends with a lot of them because they're they're like because they're the tech ones nerds who are, like yeah, me, right? Checking in. And um, when they come and, over for dinner, they leave in four squares installed on their phone. Yeah. Well, occasionally I've seen people check in and been like, oh. Oh, you're in my neighborhood. Like one of my friends who does it was like checked in at the Hollywood Theater, and I was like, oh, "I nice. live next door. Like, <laughs> hey, yep. want to come up for drinks when you're done with your right movie?" Um, mm-hmm. So I guess I'm a dot stalker, mm. but like I I used Spot Trace GPS yep. to yep. broadcast to my website yep. where I was for the whole Trans Siberian oh, cool. trip in September. Yeah, because you just drop it in. Yeah. Yep. Well, I I mean I had to have it like at the window so that okay. I could see the sky. Okay. Um, and it was a little problematic on like the Eurostar because mm. it obviously can't see the sky huh. um, when you're in the channel. Um, oh, right. But uh, it was, and in China, like because they're screwing with the satellites all the time, like it wasn't mm-hmm. super accurate, but okay. like it was, it was fine. It was accurate within like, you know, a couple mile range. Hmm. Um, and people were watching it, like mainly my mom though, like to make sure that I yep. like wasn't yep. dead in like Kazakhstan or something. <laughs> yeah. And so she kept like, te- she would like text me making sure that I was still alive mm-hmm. if the dot hadn't moved. Yep. Uh, <laughs> she right was kind of like the opposite. <laughs> what, what, like it's been a few days. Are you still around? You yeah. still? Yeah. yeah. Okay. It wasn't even like a few days. It would be like eight hours. Oh. And I'd be like, mom, <laughs> I'm inside, so it can't see 
the window because right. I am nine hours different than you, yeah. and it is the middle of the night, right. which is why I haven't moved I'm for nine hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I am in China, and it is 16 hours difference. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I think within that context, too, like also in, in application to bike touring, in terms of the spot beacon, like it's it's totally a, a double-edged sword. Like on one edge, you've got, hey, cool, if something bad happens, I can I can reach out or I can get this type of contact. And then there's also like the purest, I guess, in me that's like, you know, I don't want to be in contact with anybody or anything. But I think, well, I like was overall... In- yeah, I mean, the spot beacon is just a beacon, yeah. right? So, like, nobody can get a hold of me unless they know whatever yeah. my SIM number is for whatever country I'm in. Totally. And, like, that was the thing about China is, like, I just turn off my VPN if I don't want anybody able to get a hold of me. Yeah, <laughs> because otherwise, nice. like, there's no method by which you can reach me in yep. China unless you have WeChat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's, like... Unless, so funny. Yeah, like, I, um, <laughs> if my VPN was off, which, like, I didn't run my VPN unless I was on Wi-Fi. Oh, um, Because it was... I didn't want to... I didn't want to drain my, um, you know, SIM card oh, okay. uh, data. Gotcha. So, yeah. like, Russian data was crazy cheap. Um, but I had to get a foreigner SIM in China, mm-hmm. um, which was, like, it wasn't... It's still a lot cheaper than the U.S., obviously. Is it, like, but... a f- foreign SIM, do you mean, like, by it, a monitor no, no, SIM that's linked? It's at... Well, all everything's monitored yeah, in China. Okay. There's Everybody's SIM is... You have to turn over your okay. ID yep, yep. F- to get a SIM. You can't buy a burner SIM in China, it, right? Oh, it's like every okay. everything is linked to your identification everywhere mm-hmm. in China for everything. You check in... You, yep. You, you, WeChat is made by the government, to be clear, and it's the only oh, way to, wow. like... That's how you pay for everything, mm-hmm. is through WePay with your phone. That's how you send messages to people. It has everybody's voice print in it. Like, everything is, like... Is this where Apple got all their ideas? Um, Well, actually, like, Apple is... So, what was interesting is... So, like, Google doesn't work at all, right? Oh, right. In China. Yes. But, um, like, Google Translate doesn't work. You have to have, like, the government-made alternative um, of Google Translate, Mm. which is, like, very important in China. If you don't speak Chinese, you need a, like... You need a translator. It's it's helpful. Yeah. and uh, Google Maps doesn't work, but Apple Maps works, but they're getting data delivered by the Chinese government. Yep. So everything's just like it's a little off. Anyway. Um, well, they'll just, yeah. they just like sometimes just swap coordinates. Like the Chinese government will just like alter everything by like 200 feet. Huh. They'll just be like, they'll literally like take an Excel spreadsheet of coordinates and then like, like, you know, add a plus 200 feet to a bunch of them and mm-hmm. then hand it over to Apple. So like Apple Maps will often say you're in the right place, but you're about two blocks away. Um, and that's just like China's just always screwing with the maps and everything mm-hmm. to like keep everybody on their toes. But so my SIM marked me as a foreigner. So mm-hmm. like I wasn't able to like use WePay and stuff like that because mm-hmm. I was a foreigner. Right. Um, Russian SIM card was eight. It was eight US dollars. Mm-hmm. For ten gigs of data, wow! For a month, that's <laughs> which is like there's wow. I couldn't yeah. have used that yeah. much. Yeah, yeah. Um, like Netflix? I, I Anyone? literally had the <laughs> right. entire. I had my entire car of my train on the Trans Siberian. I was like, I'm only in Russia for another five days. I have no, another eight no. gigs left. Everyone can tether off of me. Nice. <laughs> like, like I was like, we can all you right. stream whatever YouTube you want, and yeah. also the coverage was so good. Like, I had coverage all the way to the border of Mongolia, <laughs> like streaming 4G. Wow. We had no way to like charge our phones on the train because <laughs> there was one outlet and it right. was 40 volts, uh. which is like not a real amount. 
of electricity, mm-hmm. to be clear. 40, for for comparison, 120 volts is, is what... A uh, standard outlet. A standard yep. US yeah, outlet. No, it was yeah. a 40-volt outlet, and we were daisy-chaining. So everybody's phones would charge about 1% every two hours. See, that, oh that just sounds like good old-fashioned fun. <laughs> I mean, you're also not going anywhere for yeah. six days. I had a battery with me, so it was fine. Like, I brought, like, a battery that had, yeah. like, 10 mm-hmm. charges in it. Um uh, but like, and then people would daisy chain trying to charge batteries mm-hmm. with that are like two twenty, yeah. <laughs> and oh, it would be like yeah. n- literally That's you're never gonna. gonna um, so nobody had electricity, but everybody could tether internet off my Russian SIM card. But then once <laughs> so we were in Mongolia, like it's, you know stopped working. Hmm. But um, yeah. Anyway, wow. it was. But I felt silly because I like kind of went to the Trans Siberian, mm-hmm. similar to what you were saying about bike touring, to like turn off, mm-hmm. and it was like we could still get internet. Yeah. In, yeah. yeah, like I can't see anything. We haven't seen anything for like five hours. Yeah, <laughs> yet. it was weird. Still high speed internet. It's, yeah, it's so like I noticed like in India, I was originally very uh, well, not very, but I was concerned that, about the difficulty of obtaining a SIM card because supposedly it's like really hasslesome. And oh, then that the, in India, if you have money, you can make anything happen. Not even that. Like somebody <laughs> like my sister, when she came to meet me, I think she stopped in at like the corner store closest to the place I was staying. And they were like, here you go. And and that was my SIM card for yeah. the whole time in India. Yeah, like, I, I I was in India. Didn't need to pay for those extra passport photos. <laughs> <laughs> I I lived in India when I um before uh, smartphones were a thing. Um, which mm. is like I really want to go back because I've heard it's transformed things a lot. Mm. But I just bought my cell phone off the side of the road, mm-hmm. and that's like how you like top it up. Like yep. you just yeah. like buy it from someone with like chips. I spent yeah. a lot of time trying to figure out how they made money off of it because it would load up the exact same number of rupees yeah. that I added, and I'd be like. Why do the are, yeah. are these How vendors this doing this as like a loss a, leader? Yeah. Are they yeah. getting paid out by a the companies for what then? For or, like chips, right? Or, or, or like they're like crisps, I, I guess. Is I wonder yeah. if it's all. Yeah, no, I f- I feel you. Like, I but it, um, cell phone service was really hard where I lived in India. Okay. Um, I I so I was in a um. Uh, part of Goa that's inland, mm. so not like the sexy, cool beaches part okay. of India. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I lived in, um, well, so I did a little bit of work in Vasco da Gama, which is a port city. Okay. Um, and then I was in Karnataka, um, mm-hmm. Circe, mm-hmm. and um, I, I rode like right through there. Oh, basically. nice. Yeah. yeah. And then I, the main village I was in was um, outside of Panjim. Okay. Um, in Goa, which is inland, like yep. no, literally no one, no tourists go there. Um, it's interesting. not interesting. Okay. Um, I was working in a girls' school there, but. Um, uh, but yeah, like we, one of my, my partner had an interview back in Portland for when we got back for a job interview and it's 12 and a half hours off. Mm-hmm. So, and it was monsoon season and the oh, only yeah. way to get cell reception was to get on the roof of our house. Nice. <laughs> so he's in the middle of the night doing a job interview in a monsoon oh, on the nice. roof oh, on our like crappy Indian cell phone. That, but see, that's just, that like, just shows dedication. I know. Thing. And he didn't get the job. And I was uh, like, really? Come on. I, I was feel, like, I feel like that scenario though. Like that's just another day in the life sometimes. It is. Like in just how things work out. That know? is a lot of how life in India worked yeah. out. <laughs> like, Some days I'd be like, and we got stuck in a cow traffic jam and mm-hmm. I got to school late today. Mm-hmm. Just, like literally, I was stuck behind eighty cows, and yeah. you can't make them go any faster. Right. I think, <laughs> right. I think I learned within maybe the first three days that you don't say I'm going to be here at this time. You say I hope to be here at this time. Yeah. Uh, because yeah. with yeah. any success, you will be, but you probably won't. Yeah. The um, which in, is amazing. I love it. In Karnataka, I lived on um, I lived in a, the national forest. So on three sides, we were surrounded by national forest, mm-hmm. and the other side was a rice paddy. So to get into town. 
um, and we lived like in a cob shack with mm-hmm. some cows in this forest. Mm-hmm. Um, to get into town, it either required um, multiple laborers to dig the mud out of our uh, like ten mile long driveway. Oh wow! Um, with monkeys throwing things at us, yeah. or <laughs> we had to literally like the monkeys love to throw things at us and steal things in the middle of the night from like <laughs> our windows. Like next, that's why we had bars in the windows. Huh. Um, or we had to walk across the rice paddy into the bus shack and then wait and then maybe a bus shows mm-hmm, up mm-hmm. if they're like not on strike or if they just don't feel like yep. it and then maybe you get on the roof of the bus and then you go 20 miles into town yeah and that's just how it works i like it it's just it's a simpler way to do things i didn't feel like anything in india was simple <laughs> <laughs> but it, but it's, it's got ah uh, i don't know i just felt i don't know I really liked the the chaos actually. Yeah. Did you were you weren't doing it you were touring, right? Yeah. 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 So I I didn't do any traveling. I was okay. only doing work for an NGO when I was there. Yeah. And I could see if you like relied on things they're like I'm trying to get stuff done. Well, and I I and there was a lot of just cultural like friction that mm. happened from like I, so we were working mainly with um women in Vasco da Gama, women that had come out of the sex trade and were learning mm. to um uh, learning to work in a laundry. And so we were working with like um, I, close to 40,000 gallons worth of gray water a day and mm-hmm. trying to find a way in in Goa to like take that during monsoon season and prevent it from just being a smelly giant mess. Yeah, that's, oh. a, he- that's uh, a headache. And it was all these women had been from the sex trade all over India. And so they most of them didn't speak the same language. Mm. So it was a game of multilingual telephone to get anything communicated. Hmm. Um, because everybody, almost everybody, would speak at least two languages. Of I love Lucy about this. Where it like, was very. You, know, you speak this language. You speak this language. You speak this language. So if I say this to you, you yeah. say this to well, that person, and then no, they that say is that. like that is how everything got communicated. Yeah. And there's like forty women in the laundry, and maybe two of them like actually fluently share a language hmm. and so but everybody speaks at least like a couple a little right. bit yeah. um, because yeah. it's india so everybody speaks at least like yeah, two languages lots, usually local dialect. yeah and, yeah. and and if you're in school you'll learn at least three um you'll learn whatever like either you know hindi uh or marathi and then mm-hmm. and then your local language and english yep. and um maybe another one just for funsies and <laughs> they so you just get this like translation chain and, yeah. like, half the time it would be, like, I would tell someone, like, please don't move these plants we just planted. And then by the end of the chain, it would be, like, move this plant from here to there. Mm-hmm. And I'd come oh. back the next day, like, all of our work would be undone. <laughs> anyway, I would love to go actually traveling mm-hmm. um, because I think I was I, – I loved the Indian people, but I think I was exposed to, like, the most frustrating parts mm, sure. of, like, yeah. uh, trying to get work done in an environment where you're just trying yeah. to, like, learn – you spend like the first half of your time like learning yeah, you're, the differences you're in the work the culture. Yeah. That's how I feel about Germany too. It's like, you know, in Germany I always like spent half my time being like, wow, you have very different ways that you work mm. in the workplace. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Like like the library in my university, we had to take clear backpacks into the library. Clear backpacks? Yeah, or you had to pack everything in a locker. Hmm. And to it was just sure like, I felt like I was a child. library? It, yeah, or like sneak anything in that wasn't allowed. We took wow. the no food policy very seriously. I, the Germans take all policies very <laughs> all seriously. Policies. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I walked right into that. <laughs> das ist not richtig. <laughs> what, what's the saying? We have rules. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. the longest word in the German language is like, 
appears on every bottle of German milk, and right. it is the um, the law. Reinheitsgebotsdagen? No, that's not quite right. But it's it's essentially the law for regulation of dairy products. Okay, and it's like fifty five characters, letters long. Yeah, love it. <laughs> There's a a great website called a very short web website filled with very long German words mm-hmm. that you can look up. That's all the long German words. One thing I I have found. Oh, are we do, are we going to start the show? <laughs> I, don't I don't know. I'm I'm just I'm just rolling. There. <laughs> we can, I'll, I'll we, just hit I feel the, like I'll just hit it. this right now and we'll just. <laughs> <laughs> 